Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. Thank you that you gave everything you had for us. And Lord, this morning, let your word speak life into us. Let your word speak into us, Lord, as we learn about prayer. I mean, we've pr- talked about prayer many times. But Father, we don't want to just pray. We want to pray and believe. We want to see great things happen. And so God, we exalt you. Spirit of God, speak to us right now. Open our hearts and our minds. And let us begin to pray bold prayers, God. And see great things happen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When, when you hear the sound of a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every, every man straight in. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest and said to him, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. So here we know this account that historically, archaeologically, they have found the walls of Jericho that have crumbled straight down. And so we, we, we know that this actually happened and it was a powerful work of God. But if you go in, if you just want to have verse 20, let me just show you what happened. As they marched around for six days, they marched around the city of Jericho. And then on the seventh day, they marched around the city of Jericho seven times, quietly. Okay? And then on the last day, check this out, verse 20, after they, 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 they raised their voices, when the trumpet sounded, the people shouted, and all the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed, so every man charged straight in, and they took the city. And so this morning I want to talk about that, that God has the ability to answer your prayer. Amen? You have the ability. I, I don't know about this. This is just kind of, is it too loud? Is it okay? Okay. It's all right? God wants to answer your prayers. Amen? But God wants us not to ask prayers, God, I need a new pair of shoes. God, I need a new car. God, I need a new spouse. I need a new, I need a new hairdo. I need good coffee. That, that, that's not really what God is wanting us to pray. God wants us, those are okay to pray for. God wants us to pray bolder prayers. God, would you use me to impact my family, my friends, my neighbor? God, would you use the church to change the world? God, would you bring help to a suffering nation. God, would you bring water and food to this area? And those are bolder prayers. God wants us to move from self-seeking prayers to bold prayers. And this morning, I'm starting a series off the book, Mark Batterson's The Circle Maker. And it starts out telling us the story of Honey, who was the first circle maker. And, and during the first century, before Christ was go- born, there was a severe drought in Israel, probably in all the world. And Honey was, was a man of God and was a man of prayer. And he was known for praying to the point that he could bring rain through prayer. And so, so here it is, they call upon him, they say, Honey, we need you to pray again. And so there's a severe drought. And as you know, when there's lots of rain, people don't complain a lot. But when there's no rain and you can't feed your family, you can't wash, you can't drink, that's a big deal, right? And so what happened, there was this drought. And this is, this is true. This is, this, is a true. this is not a story. This is a true account. And so Honey, he took his staff and he, and he made a circle, a 360, 360 degree circle. And he walked into the circle and he knelt on his knees and he said, Lord of heaven, I swear before your great name that I will not move from this circle until you have shown mercy upon your children. And he continued to pray and after a little while, guess what happened? It started to rain. As his prayer ascended to the heavens, raindrops descended to the earth. An audible grasp swept across thousands of congregants who, who had encircled Honey. 
Every head turned heavenward as the first raindrops parachuted from the sky, but Honey's head remained bowed. The people rejoiced over each drop, but Honey wasn't satisfied with a sprinkle, still kneeling within the circle. He lifted his voice over the sounds of celebration, and he prayed this again. Not for such rain have I prayed, but for rain that will fill the cisterns, pits, and caverns. Then the sprinkles turned on to a torrential downpour. In fact, it was almost to the point that people had to rush and get to high places. And then Honey again prays again, another bold request, a specific bold request. Not for such rain have I prayed, but for rain of your favor, blessing, and graciousness. And then, like a well-proportioned sun shower, on a hot and humid Sunday afternoon, it began to rain calmly, peacefully. And each raindrop was a tangible token of God's grace. And the rain began to settle, and the drought was done. This is a true account. And it happened because a man got on his knees, and he prayed and he prayed and he said, I'm not leaving this circle until God answers this prayer. And then he prayed specifically. So this morning we're going to talk about increasing our prayer life. And so God has plans for your life. Amen? I say it a lot and I, and I mean it. Is, is God has great plans for your life. God has great plans for the world. God has great plans for the church. And this morning I want to, I want to move us from praying, excuse me for saying this, self-centered, self-seeking prayers to prayers that will change your world. Your world where you live, where you go to work, where you have contact, where you go to class, where you work out, where you have hobbies and those kind of things. And God wants us to move from praying to the God of just enough. Oh, my God, I hope you take care of us too. God, you're bigger and you're able to provide all that, that I need. Amen? And beyond that, because see, the Bible says that God can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Amen? So I want to challenge you this morning to, to be open to the Spirit of God be open to what God is going to do. Amen? Here we go. The first thing, number one, is the, the power of a single prayer. You might say, well, Pastor Stan, that was Honey. He was a powerful man of God. But you see, God has used people throughout their lives, our lifetimes, and He's done powerful things. You have prayed and powerful things have happened. And so the first thing is this. The power of a single prayer. Didn't, never discount your, your ability to pray. The power of God down. Amen? God used Honey. God can use you and I. The first thing is this. Bold prayers. Listen to this. I said this earlier. Letter A. Bold prayers honor God and God honors bold prayers. Okay, check this out. Okay, God created everything. Would you agree? God created everything. Okay? If He created everything, He created something out of nothing and it's beautiful. And He created you and I and He created you and I to live on the earth and to be representatives for Him to the world. And if, if God created the world out of nothing and created you and I from the dust, I think God is offended when we pray little prayers. Oh God, let me just have a good day today. And that's okay. Oh God, let me have good coffee today. Lord, let my hair fall into place. Or let my, let, my, let my dome shine bright today. God, let me get a million dollars so I don't have to work again. I mean, I mean really, really, are those really, really important prayers? Versus, Father, would you protect people who, who are dying in countries where it's illegal to be a Christian? Father, would you, would you bring water and food to a nation that is devastated by war or drought? I mean, those are bold prayers. God, would you, yes, meet the needs of my family, but Lord, let me touch other people with the needs that you've given me, the provision. Amen? Do you see what I'm saying? So, I think we, I think we offend God by praying little tiny prayers. All the time. And I mean, you do. God, help me to have a good day. There's nothing wrong with that. God, provide for my needs. God, let me have a good day. Those are okay prayers. But if your prayers aren't impossible to you, 
I think you're insulting God. You see what I'm saying? If your prayer is a safe prayer all the time, I think we're insulting God's power. Does that make sense? You see, bold prayers honor God. God honors bold prayers. Are you catching this? You see, there's nothing that God loves more than anything than, than honoring bold prayers. You see it through the Scriptures. You see it through the Old Testament. You see it through the New Testament. When people got on their knees and said, God, we're expecting big things. And God said, oh, I can't wait to do this because it shows my power. And you see, when we pray little prayers, just anemic prayers, oh, Lord, I pray the Lord bless my soul. I mean, Lord, rub-a-dub-dub, bless this grub, you know. I mean, let's get beyond these elementary prayers and let's move to big prayers that make big changes in the world. Amen? Let's believe that God honors big prayers. So draw big circles. Amen? Draw a bigger circle than what you believe that God can do. Because again, if it's just something small that you can do, then God is not interested in that alone. If you can do it, then God says, okay, go ahead and do that. He blesses us, but bigger circles. Expand your circle of prayer. Expand your belief. Amen? God is ready and waiting for us to call on Him. Whatever need you have, whatever miracle you need, whatever trouble you have, God can bring the solution if we just have a bold prayer. Amen? Come on, God is for us. Amen? The second thing is this. God is for you. God is for you. You hear me say it a lot. We must grasp this. God loves us. Stop beating yourself up. Guys, it's going to ring because I'm going to step up here in a second, okay? God loves us more than anything. That's why He created us out of love. You are created because He loves you and He wants to have a relationship. And you've got to stop beating yourself up. The devil beats you. Beat you. I love the song that, that Michaela sang about that. You're beautiful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God says, I love you. So stop beating yourself up. Believe that God loves you more than anything and that great things are going to happen. Amen? You see, if we believe God is for us, then we'll begin to pray big, audacious prayers. If we don't believe that, we're going to just pray, Oh God, have mercy on me. I'm such a worm. I'm such a loser. You've got to stop praying like that. Now, you make mistakes. You and I still sin and I repent and you and I repent of those things. But then you say, God, thank you for your favor in my life. Thank you for providing for me. Thank you that I have the opportunity to pray for bigger things to change the world. Amen? You see, you and I see things in the news and we just shake our heads and say, why is this going on? Oh, woe is me. Oh, the stupid government, this and that. Why don't you get on your knees and put a big circle around that? A big prayer circle and say, God, would you make something happen here? Would you stop this or would you bless this or would you make this happen? Come on, church. I'm challenging you. God is tired of us just praying, just me. Oh God, I just want a, a six-figure income. I just want the biggest house. I want the newest this and that. And those are okay if God gives you that. But that's not what this life is about. This life is about drawing a big circle and impacting many people for Him. Amen? Are you with me today? You see, if we believe God is for us, or He's not for us, either way, our, our prayers, small or big, are going to define the trajectory, the trajectory of our lives. If we live small, we believe small, we're going to receive small. If you believe big and live big, you're going to receive big. Do you see what I'm saying? So you are, you are the one in charge of how you live your life, how God blesses you, how God uses you. Now, I'm not into the blab it, grab it. I'm not into the you just name it, claim it. Oh, I need that. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name and I claim the billion dollars to make me rich. God's not interested in that kind of prayer. I'm serious. Now if you say, God, I need a billion dollars so we can build 
water wells in poor countries. I think God might honor that prayer. Amen? Versus, oh, I need babes, I need bucks, and I need blingage. God's like, I don't, that's, that's so selfish. Versus, oh, God, help us to bring a cure to polio. Or, God, let us find, uh, Lord, we need a billion dollars so we can find a cure for cancer. You see what I'm saying? The American dream has the American people focusing on the wrong things all the time. When we need to say, God, you have a bigger dream than just me to impact the world. Amen? Now, let us see which is part of the answer is this. Prayer circles are not magic tricks. You can't force God. Well, the, the Father of the Word says in Matthew that whatever I ask you need to be given. So I'm asking for that Cadillac. I'm asking for that Audi. I'm asking for that Chevy Vega or Volt or whatever. And I'm doing it and I'm twisting your arm because your Bible says it. God's like, oh, 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 okay. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. That's not how God works. We just say, Father, I pray according to your will. You see, circle making is not a, a, a magic trick. Oh God, I created the circle. Pastor Stan talked about it. Honey did it. And, and, and you have to honor me. No. You're saying, God, I'm just, I'm just making the circle so that you approve yourself to my friends and my family, my world, my neighbors, that God, you're a big God. Amen? And you can do big things. Are you following me this morning? You see, God wants to do great things. He wants to be glorified. In fact, Mark Batterson says in this book, he says the goal in our prayer is glorifying God by drawing circles around the promises, the miracles and dreams He wants for your life. He gives you a great purpose and a great dream and I want you to believe in it. Letter D. We have not because we ask not. And I'm, I'm going to, re, I'm going to re, re-talk about this again. James 4. James 4, 2 and 3. Do I have it? Or do I not have it? James 4, 2 and 3. Write this down. We have not because we ask not. James 4, 2 and 3. You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So God is, He doesn't like it when we just... Now, Pastor, you mean I can't pray for my bills to be paid? I didn't say that. God wants you to pay your bills. God wants you to put a little money aside. God wants to bless you in lots of ways. But that's not what prayer is all about. A lot of times we're asking just for us. And here's here's the thing. 1 John 5, 14-15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, listen, according to His will, He hears it. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask for. So that's a bold prayer. So, okay, God, yes, I need my needs met. And there are times I, I have had no money to pay bills. I said, God, I need, I need X amount of dollars to pay my bills. And a check comes in or a brother says, hey, let's go to lunch and he hands me the cash. God does that kind of stuff, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But when it's all about you and I, then God says, I don't want to answer those selfish prayers. I want you to pray according to my will. Well, it is God's will. It says in, in Psalm that, that uh, delight yourself in the Lord. And He will bless you. But you see, it's, again, that's the American dream praying through. It's not about you alone. It's about how God can bless you to bless other people. You see that? We are to be rivers, not reservoirs. When God pours a blessing in your life, you're going to pour that blessing out. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with being wise and setting money aside for the future, retirement. There's nothing wrong with, with having nice things. I like that my car starts. I like having clothes that don't have holes in them. Or, or you know, of course, I know that's, that's kind of the cool thing. Now, holy jeans. I mean, when I was a kid, holy jeans were embarrassing. 
You know, but now it's the cool thing. I, I mean, so I like, and I like toys. I like, I love going to Home Depot. I love Best Buy. I'm sometimes drool, and I have to be careful about those things because, I mean, man, that's awesome. I can think, anyway. But, but that's not what life's all about. Amen? So God wants us to move beyond ourselves and say, I want to pray God's will. Big things. You see, God is not answered, not interested in selfish prayers. And Mark Batterson talks about in this book, and I'm going to refer to him a couple times, but you, you should get the book. It's powerful. He talks about the church that he first started in Chicago failed. He planted a church in Chicago and it failed. And he moved with his, his tail under his leg, basically, and he came and, and he, he took over a, another church plant in the Washington, D.C. area. And it was struggling, a handful of people. And over time, they began to pray. And, and he read the, the account of Honey. And he began to pray big circles about their place. And now their church has seven satellite campuses. And they're about ready to plant a church in Berlin, Germany. Isn't that awesome? Because they prayed and believed. said, God, we don't want to just be a good little church. We want to be a church that impacts our community. And then we want to be a church that impacts the world. And that, that's kind of the same thing that God wants to do at Rockville Assembly. That He wants to move us from just being a little church that just is happy to a church that's changing the world. Amen? Touching the world around us. <coughs> Excuse me. Number two, the Jericho miracle. Number two, the Jericho miracle. Sometimes your Jericho seems impossible or impregnable. Now, can you imagine the children of Israel when, when they came over into the plains of Jericho and they saw the city of Jericho? In fact, Joshua 6, 1 through 3 says, Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out. And no one came in. And this is awesome. Then the Lord said to Joshua, listen to this, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. You see, because they trusted God, God already spoke in a past tense by answering their prayer before they even went. And a lot of times, I believe God answers some of our prayers, but He's waiting for us to draw the circle. He's waiting for us to step out in faith and to see something happen. So can you imagine here? Imagine the first glimpse of Jericho. It was probably intimidating. There was a six-foot lower wall. And then there was a 50-foot wall. Now I hear some people say that they had chariot races around. I, I can't verify that, but I've heard that from different theologians. And I'm sure as the closer they got, can you imagine when you get to a six-foot wall, it looks tall, and then you see a 50-foot wall, that they begin to look like grasshoppers in the eyes of the people. And now they understood why their fathers... Who made, who made them wander the edge and said, we seem like grasshoppers in their eyes. I imagine that. And you see, sometimes you and I, we look at a situation in our lives. Maybe it is a financial need. Maybe it's a spiritual need, an emotional need, a physical need. And we look at it and we see it as this big 50-foot wall. And we're overwhelmed and say, I don't know how we're going to get through this. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how God's going to do that. Take courage, church. Amen? Because God is able to make any wall come down. God is into tearing down walls that oppose what God wants to do. You see, God is bigger than any Jericho you will face. Amen? Let her be the march of fools. You see, I'm sure the soldiers, these were warring soldiers, they were good at it. I'm sure that they were thinking, okay, we're going we're gonna to call in and we're going to send like flaming arrows over the walls. We're going to stop the water. We're going to sit out. We're going to starve them. We're going to then scale the walls. We're going we're gonna to go in. And, and I'm sure they were probably a little taken aback when, when Joshua, their commander, who actually was a warrior, said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to march around the city. He said, are you serious? Are you serious? We're going to walk around the city for six days and on the seventh day we're going to do it seven times and we're going to shout, shout for joy. That's dumb. But you see, God had a bigger plan. You see, the Bible says in Corinthians that the, but God chooses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. 
God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Drawing circles around a situation may seem foolish, but it, it says, God, I'm dependent on you. And I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe in this circle around this situation until you answer my prayer, until, God is, until you're glorified in this. Amen? You see, that seems foolish in the eyes of the world, but here's what Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. You see, God says the weapons of our warfare are not of this world. Amen? Let us see. God is faithful. I read that in Joshua 6.20. It says, When the trumpets sound, the people shouted, and the, and the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the walls collapsed. So every man charged straight, and they took the city. God delivered on a 400-year-old promise that they would take Jericho, that they would take the promised land. God delivers. God is able. Amen? God is faithful to His promises. And I want to encourage you that God's promises do not have expiration dates. Maybe that promise God gave you or that dream He gave you when you were a child or or a young adult or even a month ago. Don't give up. Draw a bigger circle. Believe that God is able to do it. Amen? Believe that God can do all things. He is able. Letter B, we're going to talk about drawing blanks instead of drawing circles. You see, see some of us, many of us, we've become so consumed by the world or or the busyness of life is, is beginning to rule our lives that we forget about the dreams God gave us. We forget about the spiritual power that we have in prayer. We forget about our purpose that God has for us. And so some of us, we bought into this. And I, again, I, Pastor said, what is it that you have against the American dream? Because God's dream is bigger than the American dream. That's what I have against it. And I, and I am, I mean, in one sense, I'm living the American dream. I, I have a bigger house than my parents had when I was my age. Uh, yeah, I make more money than, than I, my parents do at my age. Uh, my kids have more than, than when I did. I, I gave you the sob story about you know the, the spam and, and rice and green beans every night for dinner or just macaroni cheese for dinner or just ramen noodles. I gave you that sob story and I don't go there now. And, and so in one sense I'm living the American dream but that's not good enough. I want the God dream. I want my girls to know Jesus and to be filled with the Spirit and power to change the world. I want to change the world. I want you to change the world. I want every church in every nation to change the world. It's bigger than the American dream, amen? Nothing wrong with pastor. Are you, are you saying I shouldn't drive an escort? I'm not saying that. I'm saying dream bigger than that. I'm saying believe bigger than that. That's what I'm saying. Instead of us drawing blanks, or instead of us being left high and dry by the American dream, some of us have never circled God's promises. We don't know what they are because we, we've bought into this lie. If you have this car, if you look like this, if you have this job, if you dress this way, if you vote this way, you'll be great. And God's saying, that's, oh, that's okay, but if you begin to pray like this, greater things will begin to happen. And he said, remember that dream I gave you? Remember that thing I told you? You've got to begin to circle that and write it down. Say, this is the dream God gave me. This is, the, this is the promise he has for me. This is the thing that I want God to do. You see, some of us have never defined success for ourselves. You know, success, again, I talked about last week, is you doing the best with what God has given you. But then God also gives you gifts and talents to be successful with it. And that's, what, that's maybe what success is. So instead of drawing circles, we draw blanks. Jeremiah 29, 11-13. I'll read this to you again. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and, and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Then you will call upon me. Come and pray to me. Listen. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Isn't that awesome? 
Let's talk about circling Jericho. Number four, circling Jericho. You guys doing okay? Are you do- this is good stuff. This is good stuff that if we apply it to our lives, great things are going to happen for God and for your life. Amen? A few months ago, a couple, I think in February or January, I can't remember exactly, we talked about the, this, the, the blind man that was calling out. Luke chapter 18. I just got to read it so I can build it up. As Jesus, and listen, listen to where Jesus is coming, okay? As Jesus approached Jericho, okay, check that out, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. Those who led the, led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they praised him. Letter A is, what do you want me to do for you? God is waiting for some of us to ask Him. He's waiting on us. Hit the next one. Guys, get it? Next slide. Letter A, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? You see, a thousand years after that God crumbled the walls of Jericho, a new city of Jericho comes, another man sees another wall come down. I think that's pretty awesome that Jesus is there and, and brings sight to a blind man. Isn't that awesome? And, and he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? He wanted to see if that man knew what he wanted. And you see, a lot of times say, oh Lord, bless my family, bless my parents, um, bless, the, uh, uh, bless the people somewhere, and, and we're not specific in our prayer. And he said, really, what do you want? What do you need? What do you want from me? How can I help you live out your dream?" Would you be able to spell it out? Do you, can you answer that question if Jesus asks you, what do you want from me? Do you know? Well, thanks God, I need a billion dollars. I need a Brinks truck every day. Come on, that, that's not... That's again, we talked about that earlier. What is that thing? Can you spell it out? Do you know? Letter B, what promises are you circling? So while God is for us, many of us, many of us have no idea what God wants from us. And it, 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 here's an answer. This is a secret. I'm going to tell you, okay? Shh. Here's how you know what God wants. Are you ready? Shh, shh. Ask Him. Ask Him. And He will tell you. It's not a secret, actually. Well, what does God want from my life? Ask Him. Say, so God, tell me. Show me what you want me to do for you. And He will tell you. He loves to speak to us. Amen? You see, some of us, were afraid of praying because we don't know what to pray for. Maybe some of us don't have a prayer life because we don't know how to pray. Talk to God. Have a conversation with Him. Well, well-defined, well-developed faith results in well-defined prayers. Believing in a big God will help you pray specifically. In fact, letter C, spell it out. Spell it out. Don't just read the Bible. Start circling the promises in it. Don't just make a wish Write down your God-given dreams. Write down that thing that God wants you to do. Amen? Don't just pray. Make a prayer journal. And then when you see God answer, check it off. Isn't that awesome? Check it off. Wow, God answered that. Praise God. This, this happened in my life. God, this happened in my church. This happened. In fact, let me talk about spelling it out. I want to tell you a story about Wayne and Diane. Wayne and Diane 
were, 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 had, uh, Diane got pregnant. This is 1983. I graduated from high school back then, 1983. And so they, they, got, they got pregnant. And she got pregnant, and so they began to pray for their their child. And they didn't want to know the they didn't know didn't want to know the gender of the child till the child was born. So they began to pray, and they began to pray. And so then God gave them a name, Jessica. Like okay, so they started praying for Jessica. And then a month or two later, that God gave them another name, Timothy. Like okay, Timothy. So are you confused, God? Do you know what you're doing? So they said, God, we pray for Timothy. We pray for Jessica. And lo and behold. Uh, I think in October of uh, 1983, Timothy was born to, to, the, to the proud parents. Um, and so what happened then was 23 years later, Timothy marries Jessica. You see, God had planned out already who they would be and who they would marry. And they covered this circle and they began to pray specifically because God said two names. Pray for them. Pray that God would do these things. And so, so a lot of times we have these vague prayers. Letter D, vague prayers. Wait, come on, hit it. Vague prayers. We have these vague prayers. And remember I talked about this. Dr. Cho. Dr. Cho is the pastor of the largest church in the world. It's in South Korea. It's powerful. They, and they're always planning new churches. They're always starting new churches. And they're sending missionaries all over the world, including the United States of America. Because America needs help, right? So, so Dr. Cho was, remember I told you, he was just praying, Lord, I need a bike, I need a chair, and I need a table. And he prayed for months, and he was getting frustrated. Remember I told you this account. And, 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 and Dr. Cho says, God does not answer vague prayers. He wants you to pray specifically. Remember I told you he prayed for a specific kind of bike. He prayed for a specific kind of table, and he prayed for a specific kind of chair. And guess what? Within just a matter of weeks, God answers those prayers because he prayed specifically. And you see, you and I say, oh God, I need my met, needs met. God, I want my kids to do well in school. God, I, I, I want to get, I want this to happen. And, and, and you're like, why aren't you answering my prayers? God, I'm waiting for you to stop being vague and I want you to be specific. Be specific. Amen? Don't be vague, you know, ominous and, 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 and nebulous out there. Oh God, whatever. God, I need this. God, I'd like to see this happen in my life, in my family, in my church, in the nation of the world, in the nations of the world. Amen? You see, once you have a target... You ever just gone on a trip to go on a trip? Some people have. But you see, most of us, when we go on a trip for, for business or vacation or whatever, you have a plan, right? I'm going to go from point A, point B, and then I have point, point D is my final destination. You have a plan, right? You have a goal, right? And in your prayer life, you've got to have a plan. You've got to say, okay, this is, this is what I'd like to see done. Because if you don't, you're just going to be all over the place. You're going to be praying, uh, God touch. Uh, uh, and if you have a specific plan, Something specific you're to pray about. You can put a circle around that and say, God, I'm believing you for this. I'm believing you for this provision. I'm believing you for this work that you're going to do. Amen? If we're not specific, how can we tell if God's ever answered our prayer if it's just circumstance? You see what I'm saying? You see, God is probably, because He's very gracious, He's probably answered some of your vague prayers because He really knows what you need. But you didn't know that He answered the prayer because you didn't specifically pray for a specific thing. Isn't this awesome? You should be shouting and going crazy just like the God's football team, the Denver Broncos, won the Super Bowl or something. I'm just trying to get you like, what? Where did that come from? Just shaking you up a little bit, okay? Letter E, get outside the walls. You see, circling Jericho gave the Israelites a 360-degree perspective of their walled promise. You see, prayer helps us to get outside of our problems. How many of you know that expression, we've made... Mole hills into mountains. 
How many of you have done that? I mean, I do that on occasion. I, I will make something bigger than it really is. And it takes me getting on my knees or it takes me getting up in prayer and saying, God, this is not that big. This is not really that impossible to you. You can do all things. Amen? And you see, sometimes prayer helps your perspective. And just reading a book on prayer, that's not enough. You've got to pray. Amen? Just hearing sermons on prayer is not good enough. You have to pray. Amen? Israel did not conquer Jericho because of their mighty military strategies and force. (coughs) (coughs) They had to learn to trust in God through prayer. And God showed a great miracle. And you see, perspective through prayer helps us to see that we need God. And God wants to answer our bold prayers. Amen? Let me move on. Number five, praying through. (coughs) Praying through. I apologize for that. Let me tell you about a story of of Mother Dabney. Mother Dabney and her husband moved to Philadelphia in 1925. And if you've ever been, there's parts of Philadelphia. In fact, we were there as a uh, men's conference. Um, No offense if you're from Philadelphia. No offense. They have great steak sandwiches. I mean, I love the steak sandwiches. Mm, Man, I'm getting hungry right now. But the, we, we were driving around. We got lost in some parts of Philadelphia. And we're like, we need to get out of here, guys. There are parts of Philadelphia still today. And there, I know there's, that are a little scary to be in. And so God called uh, Elizabeth Dabney and her husband to, to start a church in this very rough area in North Philly. And it was a very hard area. And, and so I don't want to read all this, but, but Mother Dabney said, I'm going to commit to praying. And, and here's what she, she said, Lord, if you will bless my husband in the place you sent him to establish your name, if you will break the bonds and destroy the middle wall partition, if you will give him a church and a congregation, a credit to your people and all Christendom, I will walk with you for three years in prayer, both day and night, and I will meet with you every morning at 9 a.m. sharp. You will never have to wait for me. I will be there to greet you. I will stay there all day. I will devote all of my time to you. She began to do this, and guess what? As soon as she made that prayer covenant, it was like a cloudburst. God's glory fell from heaven like the, the raindrops that drenched Tony on that day. And every morning at 9 a.m., God, Mother Dabney greeted the Lord. And soon the mission was too small to accommodate the people because she prayed a big prayer. In fact, her husband asked her to pray for another meeting place nearby because it began to grow. And she prayed, and a man who had been in business for 25 years closed up shop so that they could rent the building. Mother Dabney would not be denied. And so I'm going to challenge you in your prayer life that you and I must learn to pray through. You see, I believe the church, and I know that some of you come from an old Pentecostal charismatic background. We used to talk about praying through. You know, you've got to pray through. I mean, I hear some of those old-time preachers. And in America, we, we have lost the concept of praying through. If God doesn't answer our prayer in an hour or a day or, 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 or even 30 days, we give up. And I want to challenge us. We've got to pray through however long it takes. That God, you said this. You promised this. I'm going to put a circle. Lord, maybe I need to be like, like uh, Mother Dabby and I need to get and, and find a specific time. But you see, we're so busy with temporary things that we don't take the time to pray and believe for great things. And it's not, it's not I mean, I love technology, but sometimes I find that also I get sidetracked with my phone. You know what I'm talking about? I get sidetracked trying to fix my computer. I get sidetracked with TV. I get sidetracked with this and that. I'm thinking, I just wasted hours of time when I could be doing something different. And so I'm asking you to say, am I learning to pray through? We have to say, 
I'm going to put prayer into my daily schedule. Like some of you, you schedule every event. Some of you type A type people or, or you type, you know, you type that have to have everything. Put into your schedule every day prayer. Put it in for 30 minutes an hour. Somewhere, wherever it fits in your schedule, put it in. I mean, some of you, you have exercise down, you religiously exercise, you know, woo, and I do this, so you, so you religiously eat, right? You don't miss meals, do you? When you can help it, why not say, okay, just like meals are important to me, prayer is important to me. Just like working out is important to me, prayer is important to me. Amen? Put it in your schedule. Make it something that has to be there done every day. Let it be praying for versus praying through. We desperately need to rediscover the difference between praying for and praying through. You see, praying through means to pray until we get the answer. Many of us say, I'll pray for things, and that's fine, but we've got to pray through to the answer of that prayer. Amen? Praying should, should be all about consistency. Just like the persistent widow that went to the judge and said, I will not leave you until you answer my prayer. Right? Jesus said to what? Ask, seek, and knock, and the door will be open to you. Right? Amen? He said that. You see, then, not should it only be consistent, but sometimes prayer has to be intense. I'm not talking about this man be pan, be quiet. And I, and I have quiet time. Believe me. Some of you think I don't. I do. I have to calm down. I'm hyper as it is. I will, I will zip my mouth. I pull out my Bible. I pull out a notepad. And I just say, Lord, I'm listening. And believe it or not, I can do it for hours. Because I want God to speak to me. Sometimes it happens in 20 minutes. I was praying a couple weeks ago and I said, God, I'm going to spend all the day and I got, I'm, going to, I'm going to do whatever I need to. I open up my Bible. I mean, I just parked the car. I found a park. I, and all of a sudden, the scripture came just like that. I was like, wow, that's awesome, Lord. Is there anything else? Because if this is the answer, I've got to go. <laughs> I, I'll move on to something else. But you've got, you got to take time. And He wants to speak to you and He wants you to, to learn about praying through. Okay? Amen? But you see, what happens is we don't mind getting into a sporting event and getting all excited and yelling and cheering, but when it comes to prayer, we're like anemic. You don't mind sweating out in the yard. You don't mind sweating out in the gym. But when it comes to prayer, we're like, oh Lord, just bless so-and-so. There are times when you've got to get Pentecostal in prayer. When you've got to get up on the pew, maybe. Maybe you've got, you got to start praying. And sometimes you need to raise your voice a little bit to intensify your life. And so we're afraid sometimes during, during worship services to raise our hands and to, to get excited and clap and even sweat at church. Oh, I don't sweat at church. Ooh, I don't do that. Why not? It's holy sweat. Why not in your prayer time? I mean, there's times when I, people probably think I'm crazy when I go to those parks and I'm walking back and forth around the park and I'm going back. In fact, one time this police officer at one of the parks, and it was cold, and this was last one I had my wool coat on, and I'm just pacing back and forth, and I'm just praying, I'm praying, and I see the cop coming, like, oh Lord, please don't let him think I'm crazy. Please, I don't care, I'm just going to pray. And the cop just looked at me and waved and drove off. And then, I, of course, I saw that cop, but I was like, I'm going to pray, man, I don't care. I don't care because I am talking to the God of the universe. And I'm asking you to be bold, I'm asking you to be persistent, consistent, don't be afraid of what people think. Pray, man. In fact, when was the last time you found yourself face down before God? You see, we like dignified worship. Oh, I only just want to raise one hand. I just want to just be safe today. Why not raise both hands? Oops, I'm sweating. I don't want to do that. I don't care. And God doesn't care. Your neighbor might, but who cares about your neighbor? I'm just kidding. But, but just say, I'm going, to band, I'm going to be total abandoned today. I'm just going to give it all to God. When's the last time you fell on your face before God? 
When's the last time you prayed that your knees were so sore that extra skin started growing on your knees? Because you prayed so much. Seriously. When's the last time you pulled an all-nighter in prayer? We pull all-nighters for a lot of other things. We'll stay up late to watch a TV show, but when's the last time you turned off that crazy TV to pray? Amen? When's the last time you told your friends, don't text me, don't call me. In fact, I'm turning this off because I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray however long it takes. When's the last time we prayed like that? When's the last time you see some of us don't have answered prayer because we don't pray like that? I mean, there are times when I pray and God answers the prayer just like that. And there are times when I have to pray, I have to get on my knees, I have to pray in the Spirit. In fact, when's the last time you prayed in tongues more than your native language? When's the last time the Spirit just took control of you? You just prayed and prayed and you didn't know what you were praying for, but you were praying in the Spirit. When's the last time you were serious in your prayer life? Would you stand with me this morning? I'm challenging you, church. Make the sacrifice. Take the risk. Draw the circle. You see, Honey could have been called a fool, a heretic. If God didn't answer that prayer. The children of Israel could have been laughed at. and They probably were laughed at. They probably were mocked when they marched around Jericho. But God answered that prayer. When Honey drew that circle, he said, I'm not going to leave this circle until God answers his prayer. When's the last time you had tenacity like that? Church, God wants to do bigger things in this church, in your life, in this community, in this world. But we've got to learn to draw big circles. And we need to say, God, I'm going to stay in this circle. I'm going to stay committed to this prayer. You don't have to physically, well, I've got to go to work, Pastor. I can't. Well, you know what I'm talking about. You can take your circle with you and pray that circle during your lunch hour. While you're driving, while you're on the metro, while, while you're on a plane, while you have a break, pray. When you come home,